0: Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by James Hardy Siding, the best siding on the planet.
1: Charlie, how are you today?
2: Uh, doing really well, Jim. Hey, I got two questions for me and one question for my wife. Uh, in my garage, I've got an oil stain I don't know how to get up. And our golf cart has leaked some battery acid onto the concrete. I need to know how to is that uh once it dries is is it kind of inert at that point?
1: No, usually once you get battery acid on it'll it'll kind of continue to mess with the concrete, especially if it gets wet again uh You typically need to dump some oh uh baking soda on it and and let that absorb as much of the acid out of there as you can.
2: Okay, just dry baking sodas and need to be yep. mixed with water.
1: I, I typically start with dry first, but if it's been down for a long time, I would mix it with water.
2: Yeah, it has.
1: Yeah, mix it with water and put it on there and let it kind of... What, what you're going to see is it's going to kind of start fizzling when you put it on there, and that'll tell uh, you that yeah, it's pulling the, the acids out.
2: Okay, so then it becomes inert at that point. I won't... Yeah. I'm not gonna to have to worry about my wife jumping on me uh, because I ruined her mop.
1: Yes, you are, because I I can't I can't help that that you do stuff like that and get in trouble. But
2: yeah. <laughs> what about the oil? What about the oil stains, Jim?
1: Oil stains—that's a a whole different subject. It, they are next to impossible to get out of concrete. I mean, uh, you know, we were just talking about the the acid from from the batteries you literally can use a little bit of muriatic acid and water you know uh, mixed and scrub off the oil stains but as far as something that's going to take it completely out there isn't
2: Oh, okay okay now a question from my wife is where the water comes out of the toilet as a stain and she she's limited as to what she can use because we've got an aerobic system right so she can't use bleach or anything so and she's that bothers her if something doesn't come clean. Do you have any suggestions? Is it, uh,
1: is, is it a buildup of just color, or is it mineral deposits building up?
2: No, no, it, it's colored.
1: Okay. Are you on well water?
2: No, no, we're on city water.
1: Hmm. Okay. Then, no, I don't. Okay. Because typically uh you know just regular toilet cleaners and stuff should take the water stains like that out. Now it's no, possible that there's something in the in the water line or even in the toilet uh holding tank up top that is discoloring no, the water.
2: No, I, I just put a new float valve in there and that tank is clean so uh there's nothing up top in the holding tank. It, it just—I okay. guess—over the years, you know, it's yep. just water coming out, and
1: and, and they do over year. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize, but the porcelain on a bowl does wear out, and tip it does end up having to be replaced after many, many years. But uh, the average life expectancy of a toilet is twenty to twenty-five years.
2: That's just about what I've had it, and God put it in myself, and about that many years ago. Yeah, I guess I just have to get her a new toilet.
0: Just a reminder: it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast. It helps people find us.
1: James, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. How can I help you?
0: Hi, I had a question regarding my flooring. I'm in a 1943 pier and beam home. Um, I, I, uh, in my kitchen. Somebody had installed tile, and it was cracking. And so I just put down uh, some of that self-adhesive stuff. Okay. And I didn't put I didn't put a moisture barrier, and so it's all it's getting wet and popping up. I was wondering, do I need to pull it? Do I need to um, go all the way down to the stud and reinstall to, uh, plywood? And then moisture barrier, and then floor. How, how do I do that?
1: Well, let me let me. When you install the the peel and stick, did you put that over the tile, or did you take the tile up?
0: I picked pick the tile up, and then okay. I put down like a an eighth sheet of plywood. Uh huh. And then I put the peel and stick over that, but I didn't put a moisture barrier.
1: Okay. And and the the moisture you're getting that's coming up. Uh you shouldn't be getting i mean you you got a home that's been there since the 40s you said right right yeah uh so we need to figure out where's this moisture coming from obviously with all the rains we've been having the last couple years in the houston area a lot of houses are having moisture problems coming up through the soils and stuff uh but let me ask you a couple quick questions the venting around this home is it open or, or is it closed closed off right now
0: it's all open except on the front of the house i have some boards but i've i've taken the boards down recently because of the the flooring
1: yeah yeah you need to keep the ventilation open because that helps lower the humidity levels um, are you able to go under the home
0: no, I'm claustrophobic. I tried and I couldn't do
1: it. Okay. Uh, and, and the main reason I was asking is take a look at the wood and you don't have to crawl under to do that. Just make sure that it's not wet. Uh, you know, that, it, that the humidity didn't get so high that that wood has gotten saturated and, and beginning to rot. Because as long as that hasn't started, you should be able to dry it out underneath and go ahead and put your floors back in. The, the issue that you're probably running into with the peel and stick is you would have the same issue if you put a sheet vinyl down, which that home probably had in it at some point in time, but it blocks air transfer. You know, when that house was originally built, it didn't have air conditioning. The air conditioner dehumidifies inside, and the humidity levels are trying to come up through the slab. The healing stick that you put down was acting as the moisture barrier and stopping it. Uh, So what I would really rather deal with rather than putting a moisture barrier down on the floor is the moisture under it so that you don't have that issue because if if you put a moisture barrier down the subfloor can still get wet and rot. Right. And so that doesn't do you any good.
0: Okay. So I need to solve the moisture problem underneath the house and then i I am afraid that the the floor is catching moisture in other areas because it does look like there's mold or or something. And I am having some other problems on the floor in my dining room and in my spare spare yeah. room as well. What, what it's, happens it's blowing up.
1: What happens with these old homes a lot of times, the soil around the house has been being built up over years just from mowing the yard, leaves falling and stuff, you know. It, it it all decomposes and and slowly raises the soil to the point where under the home is holding water. And I'm really wondering if that's what's happening with yours.
0: I think you're right. So that sounds expensive.
1: <laughs> yeah, not as expensive as you think.
0: It, okay, so what would I need
1: to do Jack the house up? Oh no, no uh, some simple drainage uh underneath the home to 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 the low spot to take the water out uh, and then keep those vents opened and that'll keep the the humidity levels at at a reasonable rate to where you can do what you want inside then uh James, if you'll call my office due west. It doesn't cost anything for the guys to come out and take a look at it and and give you advice on what to do.
0: Oh, that would be awesome. Thank you.
1: So call the the Houston office at 713-473-7156.
0: All right. I'll do that.
1: Okie doke. Thank you very much. You bet. Take care, James. You too. Bye. Bye. You know, the whole thing... When you're starting to have issues like that, if you'll address it quick, you're not l- going to have to do a bunch of wood replacement and leveling and all the stuff that gets really expensive. To, to just put in a, a spot for the water to drain to and, and uh, get it out of there, that's relatively, compared to foundation work, inexpensive. So definitely you want to catch problems like this sooner than later. This one comes from Warren. In Roanoke, I have a seven-year-old two-story brick exterior home. I noticed about a year ago, the expansion gap on one corner was starting to pull apart. Today, that gap has widened to about an inch at the top, and the freeze board in the same area is now separated and misaligned with its counterpart. Is this a something that should be looked into immediately? Yes, it is. Warren, What it sounds like you've got some movement going on with the home, and it sounds kind of like you got some foundation movement. That freeze board, when they you know, start splitting open that way, it's usually because an area has moved. As the area moves, it drops down, and the, the brick veneer will push out. That's the same description you're getting with that expansion joint, wider at the top, tighter at the bottom. And here's the thing. Your house is seven years old. Typically, the foundation is under warranty for the first 10 years. So you don't want to wait until the house is 10 years old to start looking to see if there's a problem. Start now. The sooner you get started with it, the better off you're going to be because the closer it gets to that 10-year mark, the easier it is for them to push it off and not have to cover it. So here's the first thing I would do. One, get somebody out there to check the foundation. Uh, You can call my company, Due West. We'll come out, take a look at it. Uh, That way you know for sure if you're getting some foundation movement. Number two, if you are, you notify the builder immediately, not only with a phone call, but in writing certified mail as well. Number three, they're going to, at that point, send out their people to take a look at it. And you're starting a process that typically takes... A year or more but you want to get started sooner than later some of the other kickers that you're gonna be looking for look around the windows and doors and things like that to see if you're starting to get some cracks on the sheetrock inside the home uh, that's another indication that yes it is moving so to answer your question yes you, you do need to jump on this sooner than later the longer you wait the tougher it's gonna to be to have the builder pay for the issue I've never heard you speak about pool repairs painting, so this may be outside your area of expertise, but I thought I'd ask anyway. There are various types of of based pool paints on the market. Is there a type you would recommend, and does it matter what type of coating is currently on the pool surface? Well, Raymond, yes, actually it does matter what type of surface is on the the pool right now. typically most of these coatings, these paint coatings that are made for the swimming pools are made to go on just that white Marsite type finish. Some of them are able to go on the newer finishes with the with the pea gravel, you know, just the little bitty granules on it and stuff, but you'll definitely want to check with the manufacturer. The, the epoxy-based ones is typically what I would look at, and You know, is it going to last as long as your regular pool finish? Probably not, but it'll buy you years of good use of the pool. Uh, The big thing is to make sure that you follow the directions as far as cleaning the pool surface well first before applying, because if you don't clean it well, it won't adhere properly. The other thing I want to caution you on is when you do this. Because you've got to drain the pool completely, and if the soils are very saturated with water, you can float your pool out of the ground. And I'm I, when I say floated, I mean it'll pop up like a boat. Uh, I know of a, a pool my parents had, and I've had swimming pools myself as well. But my parents had a pool on a house that they sold. Now that pool was built in the 60s i believe it was had been in that house for 50 years it had been refinished and redone and all that stuff well some people who bought the house like two owners after my parents decided they were going to refinish the pool themselves but they didn't want to deal with it right then so they drained it that pool popped out of the ground three feet I kid you not, it was the biggest disaster on a swimming pool I had ever seen. Uh, and if you think that concrete won't float, you know, during World War II, they were actually playing with building battleships out of concrete. They There is one down in Galveston still that they had built. Uh, it's near Wolf Park, and it caught fire. How they managed to catch a concrete boat on fire, I beyond me. But anyways, it caught fire and they sank it before it ever got to be used, but that ship was floating and headed out when it caught fire. So, yes, concrete will float. You've you've just got to be careful. But as far as your coatings, you know, my brother has a pool, and I was actually uh, talking with him just last week that I think he ought to look at using one of those coatings as well. I, I like the finish on pools and stuff, but it is getting very expensive. To redo them and so that is a cheaper way of looking uh, at refinishing the pools and quite frankly something that people can a lot of times do themselves my electric clothes dryer vent needs cleaning and it vents through the roof house was built in 1984 and i'm concerned that a contractor may not properly restore any caulking and shingles he may have removed to get to the vent in order to facilitate the dryer duct cleaning The roof is only two years old, and I'm concerned that if done properly, the roof will leak. It should be improperly. The roof will leak, and I'll likely not be aware of it until much damage is done. How do I ensure that the job is done properly? Do you recommend a company that will do this job properly? Well, the first thing I'll tell you, if the vent goes up through the roof, there's absolutely no reason they should have to remove any shingles, caulking, or anything like that. They may have to remove a cap that's on the pipe that sticks up through the roof, but that would be actually the, the most that they would have to do. Then it's just a matter of them running the brushes down through there and hooking up the vac at the other end to suck out the lint and everything that's built up as they're cleaning it out you should really have absolutely no concern over them having to put it back together because like i said they shouldn't have to take it apart the only thing i would tell you is because it is so hot right now only let them do it in the mornings the shingles get so hot you know when we're in triple digit weather the shingles get so hot that when they walk on them they can actually cause damage to the shingles at that point because they're soft if, if you have a regular asphalt type shingle. Now some of the other shingles, like uh, you know the uh, Revia shingle you hear me talk about, that's a synthetic shingle. You could walk on it anytime and not have to worry about it. But when you're dealing with just a regular shingle that has asphalt in it, they get extremely soft when when it's hot like this. Uh, but in the mornings, you're fine to do whatever needs to be done. And like I said, they shouldn't have to remove anything that, that would cause you any leaks or anything. So I hope that helps you out and helps everybody else. You know, dryer vents cause a tremendous amount of home fires. I, I don't know why there's not more talked about this. But your vents should be cleaned every year or two. And two years is really stretching it. I want you to think about how all the lint that you clean out of the, the uh, dryer, uh, little lint catcher, you know, you you, you clean that every time you run the dryer, right? Well, you're supposed to. Anyways, it doesn't catch everything. You still have lint that's going through the pipes, and it builds up on those walls. And the, the hot air that's being vented out, that lint does catch fire especially if you've got gas dryers. It becomes even a bigger problem, but electric dryers do the same thing. So, you need to have those cleaned out on a regular basis. It's something you can easily do yourself. You you can actually pick up the poles with the brush and everything at Home Depot, Lowe's, all the box stores have them, the hardware stores and stuff, and it literally just passes through. Hook a shop vac up on the other end, and it's vacuuming out the pipe as you're running the little brush through it. Now, do you need to be careful when you get to where the flex tubes are? Absolutely. But when you're doing straight runs that way, that's going to be a hard pipe anyway, so it's not that big a deal. I hope that helps you out with that particular issue because that is one of those issues that uh, really does need to be addressed sooner than later and on a regular basis. Bob, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. How can I help you?
3: Yeah, thank you for taking my call. I I have a 15-year-old house, and it lacks the ridge vents. It's got uh, the non-mechanized couple of vents, and the attic is really, really hot. The insulation on the ceiling seems to be okay, like the, the cold water coming through in a hot day can be almost as hot as a hot water, sure. and so I was, I was wondering about, you know, which is the best way to mm-hmm. insulate the attic, right, with the radiant barrier or the spray-in foam or just adding more exhaust fans in which well, a balance with the economics of it as well.
1: Yeah, economics says don't go with the foam insulation uh, because okay. everything in the attic When you have attic space like that, you can add insulation if you need to raise the R value, you can add radiant barriers, and of all the insulations and such, spray foam is the most expensive available right now. So what you're looking for typically insulation wise is about 15, 16 inches. Uh, So if you need to add some, you could add it, but I personally like using radiant barriers, because. Uh, I don't have to add insulation. If I do the right radiant barrier, which is a multi-layer system that lays on top of the insulation, uh, then the heat that's in the attic doesn't affect the insulation under it. the radiant barrier. Uh, They got single plies that you can hang on the roof rafters and stuff, but for my money, I go with that multi-layer system. There's a company called uh, Energy Q Radiant Barrier. You can talk with them and they'd be more than happy to help you out. All right, when we left, I was talking with Lee. And, Lee, you got a foundation issue. A tree was taken out. They told you to wait a year. And you got a sliding door that you need to replace, you said?
4: Right. And so I, I had, I thought, I, it's a nine-foot, it's the big one. It's a oh. nine-foot door. This is a house built in 79. And so I thought we'd put the three-panel French door in, but I had the, the man from the door company out today, measuring and when i told him what the situation was he said i would be better off with a patio slider again because the vinyl patio sliders are better able to flex and and more likely and less likely to have to be replaced or or
1: Or reset
4: reset again after a repair like that has that been your experience also
1: it is but how far off out of level is the house
4: uh, I don't I don't know what the last measurements were, and quite frankly, I'm not sure that any of them were ever accurate. And the reason I say that is when they did the foundation repair, we had so much more damage after the foundation repair than we had before. And we had walls lift up in a few places, and I'm not sure the foundation was level to start with because we have no ground zero. Does that make any sense? Sure. Um, but, but well, I, I don't and, know I and would, i will
1: tell you foundations aren't level the day they're built i mean right uh, they're they're an inch and a half off it it's it's all a relative term when you when you talk about leveling it's really just uh-huh. trying to get it back to as close as it originally was uh so yeah you, well, you
4: it, it it's continu- we're continuing i hope we finally stabilize but it's continu- we're continuing to have more tile popping and and cracks you know showing up that are getting worse, so I know it's not right. stable the uh, cracks in the
1: sheetrock you mean
4: no this is in in the floor okay the, what uh, you,
1: what are your walls doing
4: anything uh the walls the walls are um the walls are not really doing, I mean, there are some cracks at the corners of windows and doors, but they're not horrific. The worst of it is that the see, all the seam tape seems to be separating and the sheetrock or a, a lot of it where the sheetrock meets the ceiling has curled and buckled or where there's seams in the ceiling, it's coming loose. And it's been doing that for years. This just accelerated it. Uh-huh. I thought that was an issue with the seam tape. I had no idea it was an indication of a foundation problem. I thought it was just a cosmetic problem with the drywall finishing. Usually and, it um, is. Is it? Yes. So there's not a lot of, not as much drywall as you would think. Okay. Uh, the worst of it is that the, the floors that you can, when you walk, my house is kind of a Almost, it's almost U-shaped around a courtyard. That's a little bit of a oversimplification. But um, the front door is kind of the short part of the U. And uh-huh. when you walk across that, you now can see it. Not only is the tile all popping up, but you can feel with your feet that the floor is bowing there. I mean, yeah. you can feel it as you walk across it. And that's gotten worse in the past y- year.
1: Lee, how long so, ago was this? A- how old a house is it, and how long ago was the foundation the done?
4: Is, the house is. It was built in 79, and I think the foundation repair was done, in. I want to say, um, I'm looking because I've got it. I just saw that I had it right here. Um, in 2011 okay. or 12, I think 2012, about there. So okay. it's been some time, um, but uh, this this other thing has gotten worse.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, the, the reason I'm asking worse. those that question, uh huh. Typically, and I, uh, you know, typically is what I'm saying. The floors are not an issue when the foundation moves. The sheetrock and the walls and stuff are. And it's normally Uh going to be diagonal cracks above doors and windows, doors going out of alignment, things like that. Uh Normally, the tile in the floor, when it starts popping like that, it's Uh more of an indication of of one of of a couple of things that it could be. One, just that the mastics that were used to put the tile in have given way and, and they're coming off. And that can be caused by moisture coming up through the concrete, which we've had a ton of that. Over the last couple of years, because of all the rains we've been having, uh, or that uh, you know that it just the floors just plain weren't installed right to begin with. But given the age of the home, I don't think that's going to be the case. I, but I, I, it wouldn't yeah. surprise me if it's more related to the moisture coming up. Andy, how can I help you today?
3: Yes, sir. I belong to a church on Cypress uh, Church Road off of Mitski. Uh huh. And the church is probably three, four years old at the very most. And uh, on one wall, we have a laminate floor. On one wall, there's mold coming up through between the uh, planks of laminate flooring. Okay. How can we cure that? How can we stop that? Or it, can we?
1: You've got to find what's causing the moisture issue. Now, how you know, and the things you're going to have to look at is what's ground elevation outside of that building? Is there somewhere where there's water standing? Is there a, a pipe underneath that's uh leaking that's allowing moisture? Something is causing that moisture that allows it to come up and for that mold to grow.
3: Okay, we, we the, the mulch that's next to the, the uh, foundation has been pulled away. Don't think there's any water standing there, but like I say, something's causing it. Like right. you say, yep. And so that's well, there, you know, the thing you got to remember. Pull the floor up?
1: Yeah, because the thing you got to remember is mold can't grow without moisture.
3: Right. Do we so, pull the floor up and seal the concrete and put the floor back?
1: I wouldn't. Un, I wouldn't until I find where the moisture's coming from.
3: Okay. Okay. That's we've been discussing that, and I, that's why I called you. Yeah. But I appreciate it very much. You bet. You, sir.
1: Take care. Uh-huh. Again, uh-huh. 713-212-5874 or 866-937-0003. And yeah, keep that in mind. You've got to have moisture in order for mold and mildews and things like that to grow. So if you try to fix it without finding the source, it's going to come back. Guaranteed, it's going to come back. Uh, so you gotta find where that source of moisture is and deal with that first. Headed out to Orange, Texas. Hello Rick. How are you today?
5: Got to burn up in this heat.
1: <laughs> well what I, I not sure what I can do to help you with that part other than tell you to go inside and sit in the air conditioner for a while.
5: It's too cold in there.
1: Yeah. So what well, Rick, got, there's no I mean, making you happy then. It's too hot outside, too cold inside. I mean.
5: And I'm drinking coffee.
1: Oh, my goodness.
5: No, so what I got, uh, I have an older home and I need to re-roof it. It's been uh, 25, 30 years or better since I've had a roof put on it. And I've been getting, I've got three bids. And uh, two of them want to put uh, thirty pound felt, and there's one that wants to put like a some type of synthetic material. Yes, down, you know, once to get down. Now, which would you recommend?
1: Go with the synthetic.
5: Synthetic, okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, those synthetic, right. uh, those synthetic underlayments, they are, uh-huh. they are really good. They do much better than the felt does.
5: Okay. All right. Now I you're not going to do an I
1: overlay. You're going to strip the old roof off, right?
5: Oh, yeah, yeah, down okay. to the bare wood, and then fix any, you know, if there's any uh, bad places, they're going to fix that, and then yep. put the that uh, underlayment down, and then start roofing it.
1: Yep, okay.
5: Okay, okay. That that's what I need to know. Then one uh, gave me a 30-pound felt, and I asked him about that, and he said, well, if I want the synthetic, he'll get that instead.
1: Yeah, and, and yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the synthetic does the same thing. It's lighter weight. You know, 30-pound uh-huh. felt used to be used only when you were doing a overlay. Other yeah. than, you know, if you were going down to plywood, you typically went with a 15-pound felt, 30-pound yeah. for an overlay. So I'm not sure why he was wanting to use 30 to begin with, but uh, I, really I would go with the synthetic.
5: Okay, that's what I need to know then.
1: All right, take I, care.
5: I appreciate it. You too. You, be careful. Bye.
1: All right, we're talking with Tom and Alvarado, And Tom, you laid down a floor. There's a flaw in one of the pieces out in the middle. And yeah. you know you were saying this was the the hard question. So let me ask you a quick question on it. Was this a locked together type floor where you know the pieces interlock and snap down or what type of floor, how was it installed?
3: Yeah, it's a it's a floating floor interlocking pieces. Yep. Okay. work from, you know, work from one side of the room to the other and then go to the next row and do the same thing all the way till you're done. Yep. <laughs> well, Tom,
1: this is not a hard question for me. Uh, okay. It, 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 but but it, it it it's hard work for you to fix.
0: Okay.
3: <laughs>
1: you literally have to unsnap the floor go backwards, change out the piece and put it back together again.
0: Really? Okay. Yeah.
1: Because the way those snap together, if you try to take out just the one piece, it'll never Mm -hmm. lock back into place properly.
3: Okay. So that's not, there's not a uh, magic trick that you know. Nope. (laughs) Okay. And now on on the laminate flooring, in the other part of my house, laminate flooring is showing a little age. Yeah. Is there anything I
5: can do to refresh that?
1: You know, if it's just the surface is wearing, they do make a polish that you can put on it. Uh, stop by Floor & Decor. They have some of it. But other than that, not really. Once they wear, it's it's pretty much done. And with that, i got to let you go. Have a great week, everybody.
0: You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com.